Friends, Girlfriends Share. Welcome to Girlfriend It, hosted by women for women on a variety of topics most relevant to our daily lives. Weekly, we have incredible, inspiring, and influential guests as we explore everything from why ambitious women don't quite reach their full potential to how we deal with the dailiness of life. Together, we will hear compelling stories of other individuals in hopes of one thing. How do we get to know ourselves? Well, welcome to Girlfriend It. This is your host, Patty Lynn Wyatt. And this episode, we will dive into understanding various uh, behaviors and temperament types and learn, or for some of you, not learn, but just refresh how valuable this information is when communicating with others. Uh, If we're not careful, skillful, and understanding of others, there can be a real misinterpretation of another's feelings, their intentions, and, and meaning. So, which ultimately can lead to damaging a relationship. And ugh, right? We don't want that to happen. So to get the fullest value from an understanding of these styles, you have to first understand your own. And everyone has preferences, approaches, and communication issues. Uh, This is why it's so important to understand the different styles in order to hopefully we can go out there and be diplomatic and and tactful. Uh, If you find someone else difficult to relate to, chances are that person, and this was so interesting to me when I heard this for the first time, that that person feels the same way about you. (laughs) Wait. What? That can't be. It's like everybody should like me. Uh, just because I don't like you means uh, doesn't mean that you can't like me. But we are going to dive into that a little bit more. If you learn to relate to that person more effectively, he or she will automatically relate better to you. And this could have a significant impact in your world. So this is our third episode. And we have our guest, Jessica Pierce, owner of Thrive 139, a consulting firm dedicated to serving churches and faith-based nonprofits. Uh, She's also a speaker and founder of Career Connectors, which, according to Phoenix Business Journal, is the number four networking group in, in Phoenix. And Jess, first of all, it's such an honor to have you back on, but I'm laughing because I, this morning it's, it's still bright and early and you've already done an interview with the news. You've already started another zoom with your, you know, business you have going on. So you're just kind of sliding in here and, and giving us some snippets. So thank you so much for being on the show today. I love it, Patty. Thank you. Well, last week we gave a quick synopsis of of DISC, and if you don't mind sharing uh, again, what what is this whole big, you know, temperament behavioral thing? Uh, Give us a little bit more insight. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Honored to be here. Thank you so much. Um, DISC is an assessment I've been teaching for over 20 years, and um, DISC is an acronym. D-I-S-N-C. So the D stands for dominance. That's how people handle problems. And again, uh, to talk about the DISC is to say it's a behavior assessment. So again, it's how you handle, how, how a D person, if you're a high D, how you would handle challenges and problems. So your D, we say your D comes out as a joke, but that means you know, you can challenge people. You don't have a problem. And so that's what people see. That's why we call it a behavior assessment. 
The I is influence. Do you influence through people or facts? And if you're more of a people person, then you're going to be a higher I. If you're more of a data person, then you're going to be a lower I. Low is not bad. It just is on the scale. Uh, S is steadiness. So if you are high S, that means you are going to be a steady plotter. You're going to be very methodical in your decision making. And if you're a low S, then you're going to probably move pretty quickly to make decisions and to do things. So it's, S is how you handle pace. And then the C is conscientious. And that means uh, how you handle data and facts. Again, it's kind of opposite of the I, but a high C is detail-oriented, data-driven, typically quality control person. The low C are those rule breakers that we all know and love. <laughs> so that's an overview. It, it's funny. Uh... One time when you say that about the C, my my son, who who's pretty high C, he's in, in engineering. So you have to assume, you know, a little bit more on the analytical level. But one of his dear friends, when they were younger, they were out hiking and there is an area where you can it says no trespassing. And his friend, they would all go into these tanks and his friend wouldn't wouldn't do it. And I remember my son coming home going whoever looks at those no trespassing signs, like, I never even saw that it was there, you know? So when you have that true high C where it's like, no, that is a rule and we don't break the rule. That's um, right. And, and it was just so bizarre to him that you truly did not break the rule <laughs> um, from my household, which I, I, I shouldn't be boasting about that at all. You know, but being a high eye, it's like, well, rules only if they're, they're really bad, you know, like, yeah. oh, that's, and if they make sense, if they don't make sense to me, right? why would I, why would you not go into and have fun at the tanks? You know, it's like a great hiking place for it. Yeah. So last week we, we went through this, but we kind of left out the S and isn't that funny that the S's are right they already feel Sorry, like guys. out there, but they're so significant. And we want to get into a little bit more further details because and oh, another thing, because you really address th that it is a behavior. It's also important to realize that the, the temperament styles are not about right or wrong, good or bad. They're about differences and how to understand them, how to appreciate them, how to work with them effectively. And when you when you truly grasp other people's values and what their trigger points are, um, we can just work together better in life and we can adjust our own style and approach to be more effective. And you said it earlier when you and I were talking, it's not to manipulate the situation. Okay. It's to um, truly adapt to who we're, we're dealing with so we can all get along. And there, there's a cute video online if anybody wants to Google that. And it's um, showing the different temperaments getting on an elevator. And I love it because it really wraps up what we're trying to convey here today. Uh, it's, it's a busy elevator. And the D walks up and starts, you know, pushing the button to get into the elevator. And they just boom, boom, boom. And when the elevator doors don't open, they're like, boom, boom, boom. Like, it's really going to rush the doors from right. you know, opening. It's like, <laughs> get me on the elevator. Get me on right now. And, and the I, you know, the inspiring one, the influential one, uh, they, they walk 
up and they're like, hi, how's it going? And they're just chatting and the D's over here pushing the button, pushing the button. And uh, then the S comes along and they hold the elevator door while the D is, you know, getting ready to, to punch somebody if they don't get to the next floor. And the S holds the elevator door for this person walking all the way down the hall, like, come on, there's more room here. And then the C comes on, gets on the elevator, and they're they're staring at the number count, you know, that's on the wall, making sure that we're not over over the limit. And they're adding up everybody's, you know, weight. To yes. If someone yes. off. And and that just says it all, right? Yeah. How we can get irritated um, with the different temperaments, the different behaviors, and yet we all need to offer grace. Yeah. But how grateful would we be if the C was like, you know what, we better not let anyone else on this because of a weight capacity issue. Um, we would be grateful for that <laughs> because the elevator could break. Yes. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So we need, we all need each other. It must happen. Um, there is no good or bad. I just want to park on the S for a minute because we did leave out that, uh, not leave it fully out, but we didn't go into depth on that one last time. So let's just talk about the S for a minute. So when I say let's talk about an S or the style, I'm certainly not putting a person into a box of a letter, uh, but all of us are made up of all four of the styles. And so on the assessment, if anyone ever takes it, there's a graph. And so you are a combination of all four styles. And so just because you're a high I does not mean you don't have any traits from the other styles. Uh, high is not bad, low is not good, and vice versa. These are not, it's not how, it's just a continuum. So anyway, on that S, the S's are the folks that are, um, you would see as loyal as um, the ones that are, uh, Patty, we talked about your best, our best friends. And so if you think of somebody you've had a best friend for a long time, uh, oftentimes our best friends are high S's. They're the ones that are committed. They're in it for a long time. They're loyal. They're the ones that are the team builders. Um, if anyone's going to grab hands, that's this group. <laughs> they want everyone to get along. And so they are really important to the mix of either a team, any kind of team, whether it's a work team, a volunteer team, any kind of team, often they're the ones pulling the team together and caring about everybody. Um, their pace is more methodical. So when they're thinking through decisions, it might be, hey, I need a few, I need a day or so to get back to you on that. They're not the ones that are gonna give you an answer right now. They're going to process. So they're going to think through something before saying, hey, here's what I think. And they they want time. They want some time to just really let it soak in. Uh, so that's your high S. Um, and your low S is kind of the opposite of that. They're faster paced and um, they're more about a lot of people or, um, you know, groups of people rather than that one-on-one. Um, and so that's kind of who our S is. We love the S. They're really important to the mix of a group. Yeah, it's it's interesting when I am you know speaking in the corporate realm. Uh, if you ask where the S's are in the room, they they are usually the ones like you said. They're just that loyal group that 
they're the ones that made sure everybody had coffee. They're the ones that, you know, making sure the table is set up with, with creamer and uh, they're just, they have a, a servant's heart, I believe at work where they want to make sure um, kind of the people pleaser, they want to make sure everybody's, you know, happy. And this is going to be a fun event for people to, to come in, you know, sit down. And also when you do retreats, I laugh because it's like, how many of you are S's, like women's retreats? And the the majority of the room are S's because they love yep. retreats. <laughs> Just they do. Yes. And you know what is funny? Um, I help hire for ministry people, uh, pastors, ministry staff, and a huge portion of people that we hire in ministry are S's um, because they so care about people. Yeah. They're highly relational. And so that makes sense for, you know, if you're a nonprofit, teachers, um, ministry staff, those kind of jobs are going to be probably um, have a high percentage of the high S population. Yeah. Interesting. So, so with that, when you're hiring and you have so many that are S's, how do you, how do you vet them to make sure you have more of a, of a balance when you're dealing with churches and nonprofits? Yeah, great question, because there's a couple things you have to be really careful of when hiring. You can't hire somebody based on their assessment style. It's illegal. And so you really have to think about, okay, if we have, like, I'm talking to a church right now, and we just did their whole team, and something really odd happened. Um, I would say 30% of their staff are high C's. That just doesn't happen very often in ministry. Wow. Usually the high C's are more about like accounting, quality, engineering, those type of jobs. So it's awesome to have some high C's because oftentimes they're not even represented on a church staff. But that means in that particular team, we're missing some C's. We're missing, I mean, we have none, no D's on this church staff. And there is like 50 people on staff at this church. And so we said, okay, we want to start looking for people that have some of these traits because some of the things we're struggling with as a church is to make decisions and move things forward. Well, yeah, that makes sense. If a majority of your staff are on in the S or C area, which is the slower processors, then it's going to be hard to move forward. So you have the senior pastor that's a visionary and wants to move and go, and his whole team is like, wait. We got to think about this for a long time. It's a disconnect. Yeah. And so you have, we, so what we do then is we look for traits of the D's in interviewing, like how do you handle hard decisions? How, and then we do put them through an assessment. Um, so we get a feel for them, but if they don't have some of those D traits, then we'll ask questions specifically around that. Like, okay. We need someone who can make decisions. Um, tell us about how you do that. How would you lead a team forward in this case? So yeah, we use it as a tool for sure. Yeah, yeah. See, I, I find it so fascinating. And it really is like this Pandora box that gets opened when you understand. Uh, you said you've been you know, teaching DISC for 20 years. And it's, it's crazy because right now everything is the Enneagram. But the DISC, to me, I, I love the Enneagram as well, is so good in the corporate realm because it's simple it's the yeah. four that you really like you said we're not putting them in a box but we can 
um, work with. I know we started, I started teaching it, you know, 20 years ago. It's weird to think that it's been a couple of decades, right? (laughs) In the airline, it's actually a little longer than that, unfortunately. Um, But in the airline industry, what it was amazing and and actually magical because we were having so much conflict from the flight deck and the flight attendants because of the different behaviors. You had the flight deck that was higher D and C, and then you had the flight attendants just naturally were higher I and S, and they would, you know, get on the plane and be like, woo, we're going to New York, let's party. You know, where are we gonna go? What are we gonna do? And the flight deck is in there doing their their checklist and they're listening to air traffic control, they're listening to operations. So the the flight attendants would come out into the cabin with the other flight attendants. Oh, we, we're flying with a bunch of jerks. They're not even talking to me. They're this and that. Not even understanding everything that's going on. That You know, hello, they want to get you there alive. <laughs> oh, that's right. uh, then it, it's like they were labeling them to the point that every time they would see a certain, you know, captain or first officer or whatever, it's like, oh, that's that jerk we flew with that wouldn't even talk to us, you know. So we we literally training them on the different temperaments and what they're they're doing in there and how they're thinking and this is what's going on in your mind and it changed everything because yeah. then they could go in there and wait in, and realize okay they're highly analytical this is what they're focusing on and it's not going to be the same thing that I'm focusing on and how I'm going to respond to certain things and you know that. That right there, you can be so stereotypical, but yet it, it, like I said, it was magical after we spent a year training everybody that they were working together as, as teams. And so I, when we, um, this was last month, actually, I did the episodes on the bad bosses. There was so much response from people stating that. They were in a place of that toxicity, you know, feeling out of control. They were unable to participate in decisions that actually affected their work. Uh, They felt like they lacked, you know, influence. They felt like an outsider, um, not being able to have autonomy or engaging and having ownership. I mean, just the list goes on. It was just yuck. Like I could, I could remember back to those days when I had a boss like that. And that's when I thought, okay, talking about these temperaments really will help because I think that um, a D, a high D, it's a blind spot and they don't realize because I can even see where I might come across that way. And being aware of you can have a great work ethic and you can care deeply about, you know, people that um, that are According to you, but realizing how you can per- perpetuate those unhealthy patterns just by showing up as you, you know, yep. create these workaholic tendencies um, because you might have that pattern and then you're creating the culture of if you're not sacrificing and you're not doing this, um, then you're not a good team player. And so that's where I, I wanted to make sure that um, if you are a D out there, be be aware of that, that 
we sometimes have a tendency and I, and next episode, we're going to talk about families and well, actually marriage. And then we're going to talk about families. We can even do this with our kids though, because them for unhealthy things. We, at least for me, I can praise my kids for a little bit more of that workaholic pattern. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're so disciplined. You know, you're, you're running 20 miles a day. Good for you. <laughs> Oh, yeah. you have to consider, oh my gosh, is that, is that really what I'm doing here? Uh, yeah. So yeah. I think it's really important for, you know, once you learn your style and you know your style, it's so, it gets really simple to identify other styles. So learn your own first and then start to really key in to other people. And it's amazing what can change when you start to really tap into other people's style because then you're mo- you're able to modify easily the way that you're talking to people and yeah. um because you uh, you know who you are and if you understand other people man it makes relationships so much better yeah well and once you do and, and another example I'll, I'll give is if i'm if i'm in my d mode and I'm running the meeting and I say nine o'clock is when we start. You better know that nine o'clock is when we start. And I and it, it's just like we, we got to get going here. There's so much to cover. But if I'm not in the D mode and I'm not the one in charge, I'm not the one leading, my eye comes out. And I'm the first one to goof off and to make the jokes and to throw the sarcastic comments out. And so that's what I have found is is very interesting, how you can definitely play both roles. And a perfect example, if if you have a meeting starts at at nine o'clock and you're ready to go and then you have a high eye that comes in and they're bringing the donuts at nine o'clock. You're just like, are you kidding me? Because now it turns into social happy hour, you know, for 15 minutes. And you have a C there that's in the meeting that, you know, highly analytical. They're sitting there. It's like, okay, we have so much to do. And all those those temperaments that, that come into play. But when you realize it, you go, okay, we need to plan for that high I. So 10 minutes before is our social time. So if you're going to bring donuts, then let's start the meeting at 8.50 and 10 minutes. And that way the high C doesn't even have to show up if they don't want to. Or if they do want to, they just know this isn't data and facts time. This is the the social time. Totally. And I just want to reiterate, like, this is for work. It's for church. It's for hobbies. It's for every type of group out there. Um, For anyone that um, is involved in any type of like life group, small group with your church, look at your people. And who are the people that just when they talk, you're like, oh, (laughs) why do they irritate me so much? Are they the same as your style or are they opposite? That will give you some insight and it'll be able to help you understand that. Listen, that person is God gave them those traits. He created them just like he created me. And I can honor that person instead of getting irritated by them every time. So like life group, we're like, okay, we're meeting at one o'clock and at one thirty, study starts. So come from one to one thirty to catch up, do all you want to do. But one thirty, the video goes on. So that gives, I mean, sometimes we'll have people that are the higher C trait 
come in at five minutes until like a 125. But those eyes, they're getting there, they're talking, the, they're making sure they have time to chat with people. And then the D's are the ones like, all right, it's time. It's 1.30, sit your butt down. We're starting the video right now. Yeah. And so you can kind of see no matter what group you're talking about, the traits are there. And so instead of getting irritated, we honor everybody's different traits. Yes, yes. And it is interesting because for the most part, I'm sure you and I can show up at a party or at a you know life group event or at you know work and I can pretty much even on Zoom I'll have like 20 people that I'm training and just by the first you know 10 minutes before the session starts as I'm talking to them and asking questions you can figure out what their temperament, what, you know, where they fall into their behavior. And it's fascinating um, because, because now it's just, it's second nature, but people will go, how in the world? And then they think you're um, like a psychic or something that you can read them. It's like, tell me more about who I am. It's like, yeah. no, I only know you were talking fast, you know, how you answered my questions. <laughs> I don't know like what's going to happen to you next year. It's just, yeah. it's, that stuff cracks me up. But yeah. my biggest thing is speed of how they're talking. That's yeah. how I can immediately put them either in a D or a I or SC just by their pace. Totally. And then For what sure. they choose to focus on in their conversation, how they answer is where you can kind of go from there. Yeah. And so once you understand yourself, you'll be like, you'll understand that the D and the I are the faster pace and the S and the C are slower pace. So right there, that's an indicator regardless if you're on zoom if you're um you know in face to face like you can key in on those things really well and then after you got that down you're like oh my gosh they're speaking pretty fast they're probably on this side um then is this person asking you about your day yeah. is this person caring about who you are as a person or is this person going right after the information they're a task person then that's how you have the second level of indication. So if they're a task person and they just go right into it, then they're going to fall C or D. And so then you're like, okay, they're fast paced because they're talking fast and they're going after the information or they care about the action. That's a D. So that's how we start to identify other people. It, it's pretty simple once you understand your own that you can understand other people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, we have a couple minutes left, Jess, and I, I always like to leave the listeners with a tip. Like, what is a huge nugget um, that they can take this information and continue on and really try to apply it in their life? So what would you say, okay, all of this, our, our storytelling, everything that you know about these behaviors, now what? Yeah, so I have two quick ones, or the first one is really quick. Know yourself. If you want to take the DISC assessment, um, Patty's going to drop in a link, I think, so people can take the DISC. Um, so know yourself. Know who you are. But the second one is, and the one that's really important that can change the way you communicate with people is start to really tap into other people and what they are. Because then you can modify the way you engage with people. It's not manipulating the situation. It's honoring somebody for their giftedness. So for example, if you're a high D and you're talking to somebody who's an S, stop working on your email, 
turn and engage with them. Have a conversation. They'll, they won't feel dismissed. They'll feel important just from the fact that you turn and look at them. So that is honoring. So that's how you get to, you start to understand other people and you modify your behavior based on that. Yeah. Uh, that uh, imagine that that we would you know tell a D to stop working on your projects and just <laughs> honor those people around you. It's like wait what? 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 I'm listening. I am. I am honoring them. I can hear you. I can hear you. <laughs> well, anyway, it's been great. Uh, thank you all for taking your time and letting us share uh, our snippets with you. We are passionate about moving you from here to there. Hit subscribe to iTunes or toginet.com. Close your eyes and imagine living your life without limits. Where would you go? Who would you meet? What would you do? During an Uncover Your Hidden Genius session, you will discover what's keeping you from living your life with purpose, passion, and fulfillment of your potential. You'll get a clear vision of the steps you need to take to uncover your hidden genius so that you can live a life without limits. Sessions can be done over the phone, Skype, or in person. Find out more at www.JoyceBufordEmpowers.com or by calling 903-287-0747. Congratulations.